When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. The finger has healed. The toe has mostly healed. Neither me nor Joe are sick today or seemingly so. Joe is back from Mexico. I also made it back from Mexico in December. Things are looking up here on Joe and Amber. It's a new day. <laughs> I mean, we've we, had like a black cloud hanging over us for the first month and a half we've been doing this show together. But uh, we like should be taking the show to Mexico. That's what I think we're learning here is oh, that we should be Joe and Amber. Yes. Some people go to the Super Bowl. Some people go to the Final Four. We'll just do the show from Mexico. No, no specific reason. Just just because. Uh, mark that down. If you're an Aga, if you're listening, let's make that happen. If you were listening earlier in the show, and you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app, we were talking about Daniel Jones, who apparently reportedly fired his representatives, which had been CAA since he got drafted back in 2019. He's apparently going to get new agents with athletes first and in doing so is asking for $45 million per from the New York Giants. We're waiting to see if they get anything like that uh, out of the New York Giants, but that's what Daniel Jones and his representation are going to be going after. We always open up the phone lines to hear you if you want to chi- chime in here on Joe and Amber Hope Hopefully you can speak better than I can right now. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That is where we find Matt. Matt calls us always from Atlantic City. Matt, what do you have for us tonight? Joe and Amber, you guys know I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I love the opening. I hope you had a blast in Mexico, Joe. If you're going to stretch, Joe, you might as well do Pilates before you actually go into the pool. I'm going to agree with Amber Wilson on that. Easy. Let me just say, when I heard forty five million. I cringe because it's asinine. Daniel Jones ain't getting forty nine. I mean, forty five million. The bottom line is, I will put him on a non exclusive franchise tag. Offer him, offer him between thirty two and thirty eight million. Make him go out this season and ball. If he balls out, pay him what he wants. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be back. I'm very confident in that. You also have to realize Andrew Thomas, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence need to get paid as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how my Giants uh, handle. Uh, the off season and going into the 2023 season. But I agree with Amber Wilson, Joe. Do Pilates if you're going to stretch. I'm not stretching before the pool. Thank you, guys. Pilates would give you a little bit more of like a pump, you know, like a muscle pump if you're trying to look a little bit more cut before the pool. I don't know if that's something you care about, Let me be clear about something. I I wasn't interested in anyone's advice. My routine (laughs) is fine. I don't need your tips or your tricks. I get loose. I go to the pool. I put down 15 plus and I send the message that if someone's going to get the job done at the pool today, it's going to be me. I don't need Pilates. I don't need to get a pump. I need to just make sure I don't burn myself, which is naturally what normally happens every single time I'm down there, probably in conjunction with the 15 plus. My unsolicited advice is throw some pushups in there, uh, maybe some squats as well. The New York Giants, I would imagine the first thing they're going to do is sit Daniel Jones down and say, hey buddy, if we were to pay you 45, you're not going to have any help around you. And that's not going to make your career any better. Let's go ahead and try to build this team around you and go after a championship. We'll see if he goes for it. That franchise tag would look like something like 32 and a half 
on a non-exclusive for a quarterback this upcoming season. You would imagine they'd exercise it, but they also have the Saquon Barkley problem as well, so maybe they would want to franchise him. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. We just talked about a bunch of player movement around the NBA. Of course, the big player movement that happened before the trade deadline was Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. Who knew that we'd see so many teams that Kevin Durant would be playing for, that Kyrie Irving would be playing for. Kyrie Irving's been on three teams since he won a championship in Cleveland. Adam Silver, he is the commissioner of the NBA. He was asked during All-Star Weekend about player movement, these trade demands, and whether it's good for the NBA. You want to find the right balance. You want, obviously, players to honor their contracts. And and at the same time, a certain amount of player movement is good. So against, strongly against anything said publicly, I, I, I agree that a certain amount of player movement is good, but I think it has to be done in partnership and, and honoring those agreements that players and teams enter into. Let's hear from a guy who actually did the player movement, Kevin Durant. He is now a forward for the Phoenix Suns. He was asked if forcing a trade is bad for the league. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the the the, the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So... Um, I think it's great for the league, to be honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, uh, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade, it's just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game. Shocking that the guy who demanded a trade, actually multiple times from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, doesn't think it's a bad thing there, Joe. Look, from a player perspective, they have the power, all the power in these situations. So I don't blame them for doing what makes them happy, for doing what they think is in the best interest of their career and their brand. But if we talk about this big picture, is it good for the NBA? It's not. And this isn't an old guy yelling at the clouds. Let me ask you a question. What's the best rivalry in the NBA? Think about it for a second. If you're driving around, what's the best rivalry in the NBA? There because isn't a good in college one right now, football, I mean, it would be it would be like Lakers Celtics, but it doesn't exist right now. I it mean, doesn't there, exist. There isn't one right now. It doesn't exist. College football, you have rivalries everywhere. It's what makes the sport fantastic. In the NFL, if you tell me it's Kansas City and the Raiders on Thursday night football, I'm in. Bears, Packers, Giants, Eagles, any of those rivalries out there. You go to tennis, Rafa. Federer, Joker, those rivalries against one another were fantastic. If you go to baseball, the Yanks and the Red Sox, the Giants and the Dodgers, every sport. Why? Because the branding is the team, not the player. The, te- the players can be stars, but the branding comes down to the teams. And in the NBA, everyone jumps around so much, there's no brand identity. Like, yeah. who, who, who are the LA Clippers? Well, right now, they're kind of like Kawhi and Paul George, and they're trying to figure out. The only team that's got a true brand is the Warriors, because they've stuck together for a while. But there's no rivalries, because you don't have any time to build up any animosity before everyone leaves. So yeah, well, when you talk about player movement, it benefits the NBA individuals but I don't think it benefits the league well and the Warriors because it was done through the draft largely and like Katie never really felt like part of that brand otherwise those guys were drafted to that team that's certainly the outlier in today's NBA I think you sound old Joe 
Do I've I got to be honest with you? You sound very old because from what I understand from young people these days, and whenever I use the term young people, I sound like I'm a hundred years old, but it's just yeah, true. Join from the party. Kids these, kids these days, they're fans of players. They're not fans of teams. I can't relate to that. I am a fan of the Miami Heat. It does not matter who is on the Miami Heat. I am a fan of the Miami Heat. So whoever the biggest star is on the Miami Heat at any said given time, I am a fan of that dude. I was a fan of LeBron when he was on the Heat. I am no longer right now a fan of LeBron because he's on the Los Angeles Lakers. I am a fan of Jimmy Butler, somebody I was not a fan of in his previous career when he was part of the Chicago Bulls or any of his other stops, right? I mean, that's the reality of how I operate. That's probably how you operate. Apparently, that ain't how people who are 15 years old operate, and that's the future of the NBA, and in large part because they're being raised in a generation of player movement and player empowerment where they will follow these guys to the new teams. I don't know what that does and what that means for these teams in terms of their marketability where they really need to market themselves and not round their start. And they really need to bring in the star power like that's of the utmost importance to them because maybe you don't have the built-in generational fans in that sport anymore that you once did. That might be what we're looking at as a future of the NBA. And that might be fine. That might be okay. The off-court product of the NBA is awesome. Between the trades and the drama and the guys who do want to play together and don't want to play together and all the movement and the contracts and everything else, the off-court drama in the NBA is fantastic. The on-court product isn't that great. Between player movement and between load management, we were supposed to have Jokic versus Giannis not too long ago. That didn't happen. We were supposed to have the big showdown between the Warriors and the Cavs. The Warriors rested everyone. That didn't happen. You don't get enough big games. You don't have rivalries. The on-court product isn't that exciting. The off-court stuff, to Durant's point, he's right. You bring a lot of eyeballs to TikTok and Instagram Mm -hmm. and Twitter because, hey, Kevin Durant went to the Suns, so we'll all talk about it. But when he plays on the court, I mean, what's the big matchup? The Suns versus who? Dallas? Are we getting excited about that? Maybe a little bit. Sure. If that happens in the postseason, we'll be excited about it. I mean, but seriously, are we as excited about that as Giants-Dodgers, Red Sox-Yankees, LSU-Alabama? And there's no history to it, right? Like, could it be Grizzlies-Warriors? Probably not, because the Warriors are going to be on their way out as the Grizz continue to rise. Like, there's no history to these rivalries, even the ones that you see maybe budding or maybe forming, and that's part of the problem. I just don't know if it's necessary, because at any given time, like, we will get excited about Suns Mavs not because there's some storied history but because now Kyrie is on the Mavs and because Katie's on the Suns like that's the reality of it now all of a sudden we care about Suns Mavs in a way that we wouldn't if those names weren't on those teams I do think that the advantage to the NBA is it has made the NBA year-round sport because like you said the offseason and up against the trade deadline is heck of a lot more interesting than it ever was before because now you actually might have people change teams and huge the biggest stars in the sport change teams so every offseason now it's now it's a year-round soap opera which we all love but you're right maybe it doesn't equate to as good of a product on the actual floor coming up next here on joe and amber amber wilson joe fortenbaugh with you is load management a fixable issue for the nba plus your phone calls if you want to chime in triple eight say espn joe and amber is on espn radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh, hanging out with you here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So we just talked about player movement in the NBA. Well, one of the other big topics over All-Star Weekend was, of course, load management. If you miss anything on the show, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Let's start with Freddie Coleman. He is an ESPN radio host, a gem of a man. He was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max filling in for those guys. He discussed load management in the NBA. You know what it is? And Adam Silver understands that you got to know the room. He's putting it back into the players' court. He's saying, look, we understand you guys need load management, but can you sit earlier and not sit later? Either way, if a player is sitting in December and somebody paid their money to see that player in December and they're not there, it's the same effect that that player sitting in February and March. He's doing everything he can to say, look, we want our players to play. We believe we want our, that our players want to play, but this is on them. He's doing a great job, kind of a bait and switch. to say, I can't control this. This is a team thing. This is a coach thing. This is a player's thing. I'm the NBA commissioner. I can't physically make them go out there and play if they're not feeling it or if a coach decides to rest them. He's doing everything he can to say, we're the NBA, but this is a player's coach's team issue, not an NBA boss NBA problem as well. So let's hear from that NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, on ESPN Radio. I think we'll sort through this. There's no easy fix here. It's certainly not about turning the clock back and saying, just get out there and play. Joe Dumar says there's sort of hurt, you know, where most guys are hurt all season long, various body parts, and then there's injured. And you never, of course, want a guy playing injured. And then the question is, in that category of hurt, is there some measurement of hurt where you'd say, you're risking this guy, this, this player's health, if he continues to play while he's hurt, or is it just a bit painful? and reduce his minutes somewhat and get him out on the floor. So I feel like there's a lot of smart people focused on this. They want to be on the floor too. These are the most competitive players in in the world. And in many cases, it's a team telling them they shouldn't play. Uh, They want to be on the floor to a certain extent, Joe. I mean, the reality is the biggest stars in the game, they don't want to be on the floor all the time. The reason why I don't take off two days every single week is that I'd end up losing my job. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to do this with you every wait, single wait, night. Wait, 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 You're telling me that if you had the option not to do this thing with me five days a week, 
you would forego that you would exercise the option not to do it wouldn't you miss me the other days i thought 100 goodness of your heart 100 i could still text you i could facetime you i could listen to you i just wouldn't do the work if you give me the option of saying joe here's 20 million a year and you just need to play 52 games or joe here's the same 20 million a year but you need to play 80 games why would i want to play the extra 28 games (laughs) why would i do that there's no incentive for me to do it when the contract's guaranteed and there's always this great speech about how we'll do it for the fans they don't care they don't care this is the ultimate excuse this load management thing is a fantastic reason for guys to just you know take their time and claim they got to get their bodies right and you know what they do but i don't know how the nba is ever going to be able to walk this back because when you fully guarantee the contracts and there's no punishment for not playing and i'm not saying there should be i don't know how you get out of this predicament what are you going to do lengthen the season and give guys more time off well they're just going to come up with a different injury that's ailing them it's a lower back it's a hamstring how do you even prove that a guy's hamstrings injured right it's not the same thing as a broken bone well, that's part of the problem. And who's proving that? And how much minutia do you get into there? But then also, you wouldn't be lengthening this season. Really, you'd shorten the season, right? But if you shorten the season, are they going to play less games? Like, I think that the ball moves, the goalpost moves. You shorten the season to 60 games. All of a sudden, these guys are playing 30 games that are load managing because the reality is it's in their better interest, they believe personally, to save their bodies. And they don't have any motivation to play these back-to-backs and to put themselves through the rigors of the schedule because like you said every dollar is guaranteed and everybody's watching the NBA anyways the sport keeps growing and the paychecks keep being cashed and so you would have to do something under the collective bargaining agreement the NBA would have to put its foot down but also the NBA would have to have a reason to put its foot down because it's also still selling tickets and packing arenas and the product does continue to get more popular over the decades and I also wonder how much motivation the NBA really has like we all moan about it, but is it actually hitting their bottom line yet? Because until it hits their bottom line, then I don't know if the NBA has even motivation to really go to war with the players on this particular subject. Right now, it is bad for the consumer when the consumer saves up all year to take their you know, two kids to the arena to see the team that's an hour and a half away and we save up all year and we go and LeBron's not playing that night. Like that sucks for that family. But also you still show up because you don't know he's not playing until you get there or you bought the ticket in advance. I don't know if the actual player or the actual NBA is being as hurt by that disappointment as we all feel that it's being hurt or should be hurt by it. I don't think they're getting hurt at all. They got a new rights deal coming up for the TV broadcasting rights, and by every indication, they're going to have multiple suitors. Supply and demand, multiple suitors means the price is going to go up. That's that's just the way of the world with that. The NBA is more of a highlight league now. How many young people are sitting down watching a full NBA game? They're not. They like the highlights. They like going on to YouTube. They like the clips on Instagram, the dunks, a guy breaking another guy's ankles, a big swat on the glass late in the game. That's what it's about. You don't have a lot of people who are going to sit down on a Wednesday night to watch Denver take on Utah. It just doesn't matter to the younger generation. And with the right deals coming up and more money coming into their pockets, there's not really motivation to get it changed there's not as much motivation i think as as we all say there is to get it changed i do wonder like does this noise does me and you sitting here affect things and so does the nba at some point want to avoid this and to avoid this they try to come up with some sort of 
agreement with the players that would mandate they play X amount of games or maybe there is insurance that could get involved for the consumer if they show up to the arena, but then it's the eyeballs on the televisions. It's not just the people showing up to the arena. There's no real easy answer. I do think the reality of it, though, is all of us insulting the players for exercising the option of not playing would probably also in our own daily lives, like Joe just said, exercise that option as well if we were getting paid to work either way. I wouldn't, ESPN. I would still be here either way. But I mean, Joe, he you want that forty-five you. million? Remember <laughs> that forty-five million? You're in August. I'll, I'll lower it to forty mil. We can talk. Coming up next, Aaron Jones' contract decision. Is it a bad look for Aaron Rodgers? Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Joe and Amber here taking you up until 9 o'clock Eastern. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. We always appreciate when you chime in into the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how to get a hold of us. That's the number that Clapton called. Clapton is in Ohio. Clapton, thanks for the call. What do you have? Hi, nice to talk to you. Number one, I'd like to say I like the way you two uh, can agree to disagree, and you both have strong opinions, so it's, it's nice listening to you two. Uh, I'm going to just get cut to the chase here. Chicago Bears, $115 million cap money, number one pick in every round. I suppose they're going to trade the number one pick uh, to move back four or five spots. But uh, And I like Justin Fields. He has nothing around him. Very little time in the pocket and really no uh, elite receivers to throw to. How would you, uh, if you were the general manager of the Bears, and he better hit on this one or he's gone, how would you uh, play play your cards with the cap money as well as the um, draft? Thank you. Cla- yeah, Clapton, thanks fans. for the call. 
Uh, Clapton, thanks for the call. And uh, thanks for the compliment um, on the off the top. That's always a good way uh, to to make Joe and I happy, of course. Uh, butter us up first. I, I, it is listen, it's smart. The, it's smart when you come in and you compliment us because you're going to get an extra 30 seconds out of that. Right. I wasn't oh, even yeah. thinking about cutting him off. No, really of course nice. not. Clapton can just go because he buttered us up with the compliment you can have first. the segment. I'll see Justin you in the next Fields segment. ain't that GM's guy. Keep that in mind. He's not that coach's guy either. That being said, I think it's lunacy, this idea that they're going to move on from Justin Fields because they have the number one pick because I agree with Clapton. I thought that we saw some serious talent from Justin Fields, a player that has absolutely nothing around him. If I'm the Bears, I build around Justin Fields. I have no idea whether CJ Stroud or any of these other players in this draft are going to show us any nearer near the talent that we did see in snippets from Justin Fields before the injury. So if I'm the Bears, I think it's all just a negotiating tactic. I think they're trading out of that number one spot. It's only happened 13 other times. I think they're playing hardball. I think they're trying to get the most that they can get and pretending like they don't necessarily believe in their guy who wasn't really their guy, but I think he's become their guy, Joe. I mean, if you're a Bears fan... How can you have watched last season and not like Justin Fields? I don't know. He was awesome in sports awesome. last season. Electric at times. The, the plays he can make with his legs, he's got to figure out how to not take so many hits. He's going to end up like Cam Newton. He's going to just fall off a cliff one day if he doesn't learn how to protect his body better. But the the plays he makes with his feet, the, the arm he brings to the table, the progress he showed last year under a new system, and he's got nothing. He's got one of the worst offensive lines in football. He is very little running game backing him up wide receivers they made the trade for Claypool and he got hurt like immediately like if you build around this kid you got a shot their defense stunk last year you go build up the defense and give this kid some protection on the offensive line you're not going to be clamoring about the quarterback position being a problem so I would say use that number one pick to, to trade back to generate more picks and just start building just start building yeah, you ripped it down to the studs. You're building it back up. It's going to be a process, particularly defensively. But Justin Fields is showing you, I think, enough that he should be part of that process with you moving forward. We're going to get to more of your phone calls in just minutes. Hang on for me, Seth, Justin, everybody else. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. We will be playing Caller Roulette at about 845. But right now, Joe's favorite thing to do here on Joe and Amber is try to earn you a little pizza money with the betting advice. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Last show for me was last Tuesday. I gave out four picks. Two of them were in golf. They both sucked. I went one in three on those picks, minus 2.2 units. So over the By last the way, one- you don't know this because you were in Mexico. James Steele decided to try to step into your shoes. He did pizza money a couple times last Oh, did he? Week. Went 0 for 2, out of the gate, didn't do it again. I'm not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) James Steele stepped in to do pizza money and went 0-2. Those are not going on my record. They're not. They're not going to count against you. We gave a disclaimer off the top that nobody should listen to this advice whatsoever, that you shouldn't even bet pizza money on it. And that was excellent advice. I was very glad that we gave that disclaimer. What a bum. I'll deal with him tomorrow. <laughs> I'll deal with that bum tomorrow. All right. One in th- as I talk all that trash. So one in three in the last show, minus 2.2 units. Last 11 shows, 
21 and 16, but we hit that monster player prop, so we're plus 14.45 units. Pizza Money number one, college basketball. It starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, TCU, minus two over the Kansas Jayhawks. This is all about junior guard Mike Miles Jr. from TCU. He's back. When he's on the court, the Horned Frogs are awesome. When he's not, they struggle. He injured his knee four minutes into the Mississippi State game like a month ago. And from that game forward, TCU went 1-5 against the spread. They missed the closing spread by an average of about five points per game. They weren't very competitive. So he comes back this Saturday. What happens? They win. They cover. Boom. They're back in business. They're hosting Kansas tonight. They're not on the road. Tough spot for the Jayhawks, who already lost to TCU once this season. Pizza money number one, TCU, minus two over Kansas. So big news out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. It involves an Aaron, not Aaron Rodgers, though. Aaron Jones, maybe the Packers' most important Aaron these days. Aaron Jones, run with the Green Bay Packers, will continue. He did not need a darkness retreat to decide this. He has restructured his contract with the Green Bay Packers. They reached an agreement today on a reduced salary for the 2023 season. That is courtesy of his agents, Drew Rosenhaus and Ryan Matha. They told that news to our very own Adam Schefter. Aaron Jones himself tweeted out, year seven is going to be crazy in Lambeau. Honored to carry the G and blessed to be back. So Jones was scheduled to make $16 million this upcoming season. He agreed to cut that by $5 million in exchange for a signing bonus of about $8.5 million, a part of his total pay of $11 million for that 2023 season. His salary cap hit had been over 20, which had included a $7 million roster bonus due next month, an $8 million base salary. By replacing those things, lowering the base salary, the Packers significantly reduced Jones' salary cap hit. So Aaron Jones plays ball with Green Bay. He will remain in Green Bay. And I wonder, Joe, does this make Aaron Rodgers look bad? Because Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing ball with Green Bay and demanded that he become the highest per annual player in the NFL, which he did a year ago. Uh, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is in some cave somewhere doing God knows what in the dark. So I don't know, know if Aaron this... Jones restructured his contract to help out his team. He's got no idea what's going on. He's off living his best life. For Packers fans, you got to be stoked about this. I mean, Jones has gone over 1,000 yards three times in his career. He averages 5.3 yards per carry. He's damn near impossible to bring down. And he contributes in the passing game. He got 59 passes last year. So he gives you a little bit of that dual threat action. So to restructure the deal, good on the player to convert some of it to the signing bonus, take some of the cash up front, protect yourself when you're a running back. You lower the cap number for the team so you do them a solid so they can go out and spend. So all the way around, it's a win for everybody. Jones is a great player to watch. He's a lot of fun. You just don't talk about running backs these days the way you used to because you got the running quarterbacks and people throwing 55 times a game. Game, but Jones is a throwback man that guy runs like a truck he does run like a truck uh, he was their most important player this past season I vehemently disagree with you that Aaron Rodgers is out there living his best life because I do not think your best life at any point involves being in a dark cave for four days without Adam Schefter notifications because if he had <laughs> notifications he would know that Aaron Jones took a reduced salary and is staying in Green Bay he has no phone apparently no access to phone just enough light to be able to see his way to the restroom I mean this sounds awful no communication 
I, I don't know how you make gajillions of dollars and that's what you want to do with your time, but that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And apparently he's trying to get some clarity. That's his way of getting some clarity. Aaron Jones, he gets clarity in more of a way that I can at least relate to here. He just goes ahead and, and negotiates the terms and signs of the deal. And I give Aaron Jones credit for wanting his future to stay in Green Bay and playing hardball with them, but also knowing where he needs to give a little bit to help the team. And then hopefully the team can build some more pieces around Aaron Jones as well. The problem here is I think this signifies they know Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be playing any sort of ball with them. Because I think if they had any idea that Aaron Rodgers would restructure his contract, then restructuring Aaron Jones' contract wouldn't be so important and so necessary. I feel like they're scraping for every dollar because they know that they're going to be paying Aaron Rodgers some monster contract if he in fact comes back. Or maybe they're going to be trading him away. But I also wonder if they went ahead and did this, does this mean that they don't really feel like they're going to be trading Aaron Rodgers away. We're talking about a dude who makes over 50 per and the greatness of a guy like Tom Brady did involve that story does involve that he was always willing to kind of help out his team to get the right pieces around him in terms of the salary cap. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been willing to do that in his career. I mean, right yeah, wrong. most I mean, guys, don't. most guys, most don't. people don't. Most, most guys don't. Money. Brady's pretty much the only one. And that's part of his greatness is that he freed up some of that cash for some other players to help facilitate them. But he's been doing all right. We're not going to worry too much about that for Rogers. I, I think it's done. I think it's done. There were some reports from some local guys who have covered the team forever up there who are reporting they, that they're getting the sense that the organization is just tired of this. They just mm-hmm. want to move on. They have they, they made a mistake with the contract. So there's going to be enough suitors out there for a guy like Rodgers. You'll be able to move them, but the dead cap money and everything else, it's going to be very challenging to pull this off. But once you do, go to your new quarterback, Jordan Love, and move on. Finally move on from all of this. Some reports say Jordan Love is ready. Uh, We certainly haven't gotten to see enough of it, I don't think, from the outside looking in to have any idea if, in fact, he is. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, we get to those phone calls. This is your time to chime into the show. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Anything you have for us. Joe gives you the dating advice. Nobody ever takes me up on that. But, of course, (laughs) you can talk to us about sports. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Coming down the stretch here on Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports across social media. We're about to open up the phone lines to your phone calls. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. We love when you join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. 888-729-3776. But first, another pizza money from Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we just gave you TCU minus two over Kansas. That tips in a few minutes. This one's a little bit later tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, College Hoops. UC Santa Barbara minus six over Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton's playing their third road game in their last four matchups. I think it'll take a toll a little bit on the legs. But more importantly, Santa Barbara is off back-to-back losses for the first time all year. In those games, they shot a combined 6 of 23 from deep. That's 26%. Now, they're not a great three-point shooting team, but they ain't that bad. I'm predicting that after back-to-back losses for the first time all year, you are going to get a great effort tonight, and you're going to get a little positive regression in the three-point shooting game, which is going to put them over the top. 
Again, Cal State Fullerton, third road game in their last four contests. So pizza money number two, UC Santa Barbara minus six over Cal State Fullerton. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. The phone lines are open. Triple eight, say ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Seth. Seth is in Ohio. Seth, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys. First-time listener. Love your dynamic. I just wanted to comment on load management. It's a necessary evil because the only way to get those TikTok videos all the kids are watching is to make sure your young players are rested as well. Thanks, guys. It is funny that you mentioned it earlier and Seth just mentioned it there, Joe, that the way that the world is working these days in the direction of the NBA does seem to be that young people follow stars more than teams, particularly when it comes to the NBA and the consumption largely of the NBA product now is shifting to snippets like TikTok and Snap and wherever else that kids these days are consuming things. And because of that, kind of everything's changing with maybe the direction of all of this Maybe it's not as big of a deal to them, ultimately. I mean, it seems like such a huge deal to us, right, when the stars aren't playing game in and game out. But at least maybe if they can still get their highlights on TikTok, the young consumer will still be okay. Yeah, if you're able to monetize that, what's the problem? Like, for example, if someone sits through an entire game, what's that worth to you? Versus an incredible LeBron James dunk highlight, what's that worth to you? If they're close to the same, what does it matter to you? Of course you'd rather have them watch the entire game because then you run more commercials to the networks and then the networks are able to generate more revenue. But they're moving. They're moving. These sports are starting to realize they can go to streaming. There's different ways that they can make revenue. And the NBA is an incredible off-the-court product. The problem for them is going to be when people stop taking an interest in the playoffs because that's the one and only time a year that we can all buy in and say okay these guys are going to go whether healthy or not they're going to play something's on the line this is actually going to be competitive these guys are actually going to care yeah these guys are not sitting out for playoff games, but the NBA does have to find a way to make the regular season interesting too from a television contract, particularly perspective, I would imagine. Let's spin the wheel. Joe, great name. Joe is in Wisconsin. What do you have for us? Incredible name. Hey, guys, I have a solution to load load management. You know why the NFL is so popular um, according to like the, the metrics so many people watch the NFL it's because every single game matters like you don't see Patrick Mahomes load managing resting himself uh, when he's going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars in week three because that game matters ultimately in the sense of playoff implications now if the NBA shortened the season to say 40 games because we don't need 82 games because to be honest Half the games that I watch, it doesn't look like they're trying. So uh, shorten the season and add more money to the contracts for players and say, hey, if you sit out, this is going to negatively affect your contract. 
Thanks for the call, Joe. So I'm a huge proponent of shortening the NBA season because I'm a huge NBA fan. I don't even need 82. Like the 60-game seasons that we've gotten in weird years before, Joe, like I'll take that because it feels like every game matters so much. 40 is way too extreme, but 60 I would go for, 62, something like that. The problem is no one's doing that because the NBA makes more money the more games there are, and so do the players. And so both sides of this equation, when negotiating the collective bargaining agreement, don't have motivation to have more games because everybody wants to make more money. So they want more games. They want bigger television contracts. They want to get paid for more game time and more playing time. And all of that's guaranteed. If in fact you did all agree to make it 60 games instead of 82, the reality is though, the biggest stars like LeBron would probably still play half of them. Like they'd still find a way to load management, even on a shortened schedule. You'd also have to have a caveat that they couldn't do that if you shorten the season. Yeah, that negotiating point doesn't go over very well when you show up and you go, hey, we're thinking less games. That's the type right. of thing that gets laughed less out of games, the room. Less less money for everybody. And oh, yeah. by the way, you got to play in most of them. Or all baseball is, is Baseball should absolutely be short. It's 162 games. Yes. They are not shortening that season. If anything, look around. Football went to 17. College football is expanding the playoff. It's about more games and more revenue. What you want are high-quality games. That's what you need to focus on. It's not about more games or less games. It's about competitive, high-quality games. Football works well because there's a sense of urgency. It's one game a week. If your team loses, you're busted up for a week. If you win, you're excited, you're looking ahead. But the sense of urgency is what works great with those sports. Baseball, it doesn't matter because you lose, and it's like, all right, I have another 161 of these. We don't have an off day for three weeks. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I'm not a big baseball fan if I'm going to be completely transparent about it. Like, I follow baseball to the extent that I do for this job, and that's about it. And Start gambling. For me, gambling will help it. It's too many games. Well, there you go. Uh, degeneracy. That's what we're going to do. Let's spin the wheel. I like it. Though. <laughs> Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, what do you have for us tonight? Daniel Jones, $45 million. Uh, sure, sure, babe. You have to <laughs> prove to me that you're worth even $20 million. You know what, Terrence? We're up against yeah. it, and I feel like you said it all. Like you great, were, like, great that's call. That's all we needed from you tonight, Terrence. Uh, you said it all. I think 20 is a little too extreme because the franchise tag would give him 32 and a half this upcoming season. Daniel Jones doesn't have much motivation to agree to 20. But 45? Yeah, sure. Terrence, hit us up tomorrow. We'll get you back on whatever you want to talk about. That's called economy of words. You didn't say a lot, but what you said was very impactful, and we love you for it. Terrence, one of our regular callers. Anybody else who we did not get to tonight because we're up against it, we do call a roulette seven or 8.45 Eastern every Joe and Amber. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.